0: Electric Friends, a Gary Newman podcast, celebrating the tracks by a musical pioneer.
1: 2000, Gary Newman fans found themselves in new territory. After the wilderness years of the late 80s and early 90s, Gary had seen an upturn in fortunes by the turn of the millennium. Critical opinion on his career had started to 360, and Gary had made a couple of albums that he had a reason to be proud of, thanks to his move into industrial metal sounds after heavy influence from artists like Nine Inch Nails. Following 1994's sacrifice and 1997's exile, Gary returned in 2000 with his most daring effort yet, and the album that I'd argue truly kicked off his new era that's still going to this day. So, for this episode, we'll look back at the Pure album and we'll delve more into the album as a whole in a future episode, but in particular, today we'll focus on its lead and only single, Rip. <sighs> disclosure i have to admit for some reason this whole time i thought the song was pronounced r.i.p but after spotting gary write it as rip in his revolution book and then pronouncing it as such in the audiobook and then doing a straw poll on twitter as well and then remembering that one of the lyrics does indeed have the word rip in it i finally saw sense it was written as rib of all things for the longest time on spotify so it's just one of those little quirks that comes with being a newman fan just when you think you know it all So Pure was seen as continuing Gary Newman's attacks on Christian teachings, but this time in a somewhat more personal fashion than on his previous album Exile. The album featured an expanded group of people that he worked with, following his largely one-man efforts of sacrifice and exile. The Sulfur team of Rob Holliday and Monty contributed guitar and drums, as well as keyboards and additional production, and there was also Richard Beasley on drums and Steve Harris on guitar. While some songs on the album, like the previously discussed track A Prayer for the Unborn, go to episode 2 for that, delved into personal moments in Gary's life, a host of the songs on this album delved into Gary's feelings of atheism and a downright hatred of God. Songs like My Jesus and Listen to My Voice are just some examples, but Rip is perhaps the most angry of the lot. The song is very Nine Inch Nails in lots of ways, it starts with distorted industrial electronics but programmed in a way that sounded a lot more polished than in his previous efforts. It's incredibly menacing as the glitchy guitars and keyboards are joined by Gary whispering in a way that felt pretty terrifying at the time. It's up for interpretation but Gary conjures up images of a desperate person blinded by faith and belief allowing themselves to do anything to get rid of their sickness or guilt. The song then breaks down in a way that the song almost stops at one point before Gary's cries of hey, hey, hey kick in. It's furious and pissed, and unlike anything he had done before. What makes me laugh is that for years I thought he was saying I've got nothing to do when in fact he's saying I've done nothing to you which kind of changes the, the mood of the song. At first, though, a person has got so desperate they're almost sounding like the devil, or perhaps it is the devil itself, as they attempt to bargain with someone or something to get their desires and demands. The chorus changes from I've done nothing to you, to I've got something for you. Perhaps the request has been granted. All in all, it's Gary's call against religion, and God, and all that it stands for. So at this stage, Gary wasn't so focused on releasing singles to try and get chart success like he used to. Pierre was very well received by critics, but it only made it to number 58 in the charts, uh, probably due to a lack of promotion and distribution from Eagle, it was his last album with that label, and at the time UK album sales were very high, making it harder to crack the top 40 than it is now. Weirdly though, it took another 18 months before the single was actually released. Gary had even recorded a pretty cool music video for it, but as explained in his book,
0: Exposure was released on the 3rd of June. Universal had done a good job with the marketing spend for it, and it was actually added to the music racks in Asda and Walworths, which is not something I've seen for a very long time. Exposure was released on our own Jagged Halo label, but as an imprint of Artful Records. It seemed popular with the fans and reached number 44 in the UK chart, which was a real surprise. It also got some great reviews. The Times gave it a 4 out of 5 and said it was a timely reminder of Newman's achievements, and it received a 4 star review in Kerrang! magazine and another in Rock Sound. I hadn't expected that yet another Gary Newman compilation album would have got anywhere near the chart, or get good reviews in the rock press. It was all very encouraging. We tried hard to make it a good compilation, so it was nice to see people recognise that. I decided to try my chances on releasing a single again to see if it might help keep, or even build, interest and exposure. I'd chosen a song called Rip, and been lucky enough to make a really good video for it, thanks to a friend of Steve Harris who directed and edited it for me. Although i paid for it to be made, we'd actually filmed it while I was still at Eagle. Unfortunately, they had done nothing with it but we were able to go back to them and do a deal that allowed us to use it to promote the single.
1: So with the Sugar Babes also reaching number one earlier in the year with their Our Friends Electric sampling Freak Like Me, 2002 was proving to be one of Gary's best years yet. 2002 was also the peak time for new metal and industrial bands actually reaching the high end of the chart. And with Kerrang! being an extremely popular magazine and music channel, Gary's pure album and particularly the single release of R.I.P., was uh, actually around the perfect time and it fitted right at home with the likes of Linkin Park, Slipknot and Marilyn Manson. Gary released a brand new compilation that year called Exposure, still to this day his best greatest hits compilation if you ask me, and to promote it he decided to finally release Rip as a
0: single. At that time, Kerrang! also had a TV channel and they ran a regular top 10 video chart that fans could call in and vote for. Before the single was officially released, the video went to number one for two weeks. I found myself in the incredible position of having the Sugar Babes at number one in the National UK chart for Frick Like Me and the number one in the Kerrang! Rock chart with Rip. It was quite a special moment, but I don't think my number one was entirely welcome at Kerrang! to be honest. One of their journalists wrote a scathing review of the single and referred to me as an old man trying to look young again in my leather coat we seemed a bit harsh and not entirely relevant to a music review, there was nothing they could do about it. RIP was eventually officially released on the 1st of July, and to help it as much as possible I did record stores, signings in Birmingham, Manchester, Leeds, Glasgow and Edinburgh, as well as all the press and radio interviews we could get. The success of Freak Like Me had made media opportunities a little easier to get, and Steve Malins. Who had also been doing my PR for some time took full advantage of it. Incredibly, Rip got to number 29 in the national chart. I was very proud of that. On one of the press days in London, I went on the underground to get to an interview location. It was the first time I'd been on the tube since the late 70s. As well as Rip, I'd now made three albums that were far heavier than anything I'd done prior to 1994. The music was not radio friendly a million miles away from pop, and yet even without radio play, it was finding its way into the chart. It was good to have some success again, but especially because it was very much on my own terms.
1: Quarter to five on Radio 1's Top 40. Five weeks around for that one at number 30, down eight places, Puddle of Mud with Blurry. Now... It's another new entry. The latest release from Gary Newman, hot on the heels of his recent Greatest Hits album, Exposure. This track, R.I.P., is his 20th UK Top 40 single, and it enters at number 29. It's new at 29, Gary Newman returns with R.I.P. And straight away, another new entry, it's a debut release... See, I knew there was somewhere where it was called R.I.P. It was Mark Goodyear's vault. Anyway, I remember being so excited to hear Gary back in the chart and in the Top 40. As a chart nerd, this was only the second time it had happened since the premiere mix of Cars reached the chart in 96, since I was listening to the Radio 1 Top 40 every Sunday, and it was quite surreal hearing that kind of song on the show. It was even more surreal seeing him perform it on Top of the Pops a week later, complete with Nine Inch Nails style distortion and goth whispering, alongside the likes of Atomic Kitten and Last Ketchup. The song also had a remix later on from Andy Gray, which appeared on the Hybrid album a year later. Two CD versions of RIP released, uh, one with the remixes of A Prayer for the Unborn and ME that would also appear on Hybrid, and one with two Metamorphosis remixes of This Wreckage and Our Friends Electric, the form of which did appear on Hybrid as Mark Thwaites' remix, but as far as I can tell, this is the only place where the Our Friends Electric remix appeared, but I might be wrong. So, looking at your thoughts and messages about RIP, Uh, on facebook adam fibble said i had been a newman fan from the age of seven uh, when i first heard our friends electric on holiday in wales on the radio back in 79 though i was too young to go to concerts or even buy the records until i was a teenager i loved all his songs and by the time I could buy the records, he was mostly doing his jazz yuppie style, and I lamented how striking his music and style once was. A few years later, and I'm a dad, watching MTV with my kids, when Rip came on, I totally freaked out. My kids couldn't get what was on about, but when I saw Rip, I knew the Gary I loved was back. he had finally found himself again, and I knew things would be on the up from then on. This was the start of his rise back to his rightful position. The music just got better and better, and I have never missed a UK gig. Thanks, Gemma, for putting him back on the right track, and helping him be who he was always best at being. Rob Biggs said, I remember voting for the video on Kerrang TV. I did that too. One morning it got it played uh, three times in a row. Um, I would have preferred this, uh, something else as a single maybe, but the track showcased test how much Gary had evolved. Happy memories indeed and a great video. Shame no more singles came from the album. And Kenny Gibbs said, along with the title track, it propelled Newman back into the mainstream consciousness, beginning the re-evaluation of Newman as a seriously influential electronic pioneer rather than the figure of fun the sneering music press had condemned him to being since the mid-80s and on Twitter Paul said wonderful single very anthemic powerful and a real statement as a single first UK top 40 hit that wasn't a re-release of Cars since I Can't Stop in 1986 great fact there Um, stonking Top of the Pops performance as well Uh, Robert Collister said for me it was the top rung of the regaining success ladder and the final shovel of soil over the stagnant middle middle years he was now back Adrian Tudor said uh, Pure was a departure from previous albums until the first chorus of the title track I didn't really enjoy it uh, rip was very unhuman and at the time i didn't get why it was chosen as a single but live i felt the power of rip i think it's that power that makes it such a crowd pleaser and finally 70 said i was working in an indie record shop and had been a butt of jokes for at least a decade and when we first played it over the store sound system the looks on my workmates faces were priceless it all changed that day and we banged on about it to everyone from then on So thank you very much for all those comments. And all in all, I'd say that Rip was a turning point for Gary and his career. A strange history when it comes to being released as a single so long after the album and being one of his last top 40 hits. So an important song in his story uh, that helped shape where he is today. So that's it for this episode of Electric Friends. Thank you for listening. I hope you enjoyed uh, the last episode too. It was the first interview of the series with Tubeway Day's Chris Fielding. I'll be uh, doing more interviews at some point. Uh, with a couple of exciting ones lined up already. Uh, in Newman news, he's been on holiday with the family in the last couple of weeks. He's posting lots of great photos on social media. Um, he also mentioned that he can start working on his next album relatively soon with Aid Fenton recently visiting to continue work on Raven's debut album. So lots to look forward to, as well as his acoustic gigs in a couple of months. So as ever, you can follow me on socials at Newman Podcast on Facebook, X, Instagram and TikTok. You can email me at at gmail.com or just head to newmanpodcast.com to subscribe to the podcast if you haven't already. So for now, it's time to leave.
0: Electric Friends, a Gary Newman podcast. Celebrating the tracks by a musical pioneer. pioneer,